back for another daily devotion, and today we're in 1 Timothy chapter 5. As we look at uh, 1 Timothy 5, uh, Paul deals with two groups within the church, and he deals with uh, how the church is to care for and minister to the widows within the church, and then he also talks about the elders within the church and how the church is to care for the elders as well. So as we look through this, we see that Paul um, begins chapter 5, uh, giving Timothy the command not to rebuke an older man, but to exhort him as a father and the younger men as brothers. And really what Paul deals with is how Timothy and how the church are really to interact with one another. And so the model and the standard is that for the older men, you treat them as fathers and the younger men, you treat them as brothers. And this is something that, you know, people, they understand families and the way that families are supposed to be. And so treating the father with honor and with respect and love and then treating a brother with encouragement and with uh, just a, a brotherly love. This is the way that Timothy uh, was supposed to treat uh, the men within the church, both older and younger, and the way that we are as well. And then in verse 2, he deals uh, with uh, how Timothy is to treat the women within the church, that the older women, he's to treat them as mothers, and then the younger women as sisters with all purity. And so this becomes kind of the pattern and the standard within the church that you're to treat uh, those within the church as you would family members, that as a body of Christ, that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we treat uh, the older members uh, with uh, honor and reverence, and we treat the younger ones as brothers and sisters in the Lord. And so that kind of kicks off Paul into thinking, okay, how do you care for the people within the church? And so he deals specifically with the widows within the church, those that have lost especially the, the the female widows, those that have lost their husbands. And if you look down in verse 3, he says, support the widows who are genuinely widows. And you might ask the question, well, what do you mean genuinely widows? Like if their husband died, then they're a widow. Well, Paul's going to explain that a genuine widow is a widow that is destitute. She, she has no other family to care for her. And so uh, she becomes the church's responsibility. The church is her family because she doesn't have a, any other family. And so the church is to step up and care for her. And so that's why Paul says, support the widows who are genuinely widows or widows indeed. And he explains this in verse 4. He says, But any widow who has children or grandchildren, they must learn to practice godliness towards their own family first and to repay their parents, for this pleases God. And so God's design and intention is that the family would take care of the parents as they become older elderly and as they have needs, as one spouse dies and uh, that, that remaining widow is not destitute because they have their family to care for them. And really, this is the cycle that God intended, that, you know, when you're born and you're a baby, that you need all of your needs to be taken care of and your parents take care of those needs. And as you get older, you're able to take care of your own needs. And as they get older, they have needs and you're able to take care of those needs. And so it's a cycle that continues. And Paul says, do this and practice godliness towards uh, your family because this pleases God. And there's some of you that have gone through this, taking care of elderly parents as they have physical needs and sometimes dealing with 
dementia and, and dealing with just other needs that you need to care for them like they're a child. And uh, I've had times of just encouraging some of our people that they're taking care of their parents. They, they have to watch their parents uh, just every day like, like they're babysitting and they feel bad. And they, they say, you know, I can't do ministry. I can't serve. I'm just so occupied at home. And, and I tell them, you know what, you're doing the right thing. Because this is what's pleasing to the Lord, that you are caring for your parents. They cared for you, and now you have a chance to love them and care for them. And this is a great way that you're honoring the Lord and serving the Lord. So you're doing the right thing. And you may be caring for your parents at this point and, and stage in life. You know what? You're doing the right thing. And keep that up because that is pleasing to God. And God is pleased with that. And that is the way it ought to be. And so Paul, he just reminds Timothy and the church of these things saying, hey, you need to care for those widows that are widows indeed. They don't have anyone else to care for them. Uh, so the church needs to care for them. But for those that still have family, that family needs to care for them and, and provide for their needs. So if you look down in verse 5, he says, A real widow is left all alone, and she has put her hope in God and continues night and day in her petitions and her prayers. And so this whole next section, Paul talks about that, that those that uh, are widows indeed, they're destitute, they don't have any family to care for them, and so the church has the responsibility and the privilege to care for them. And so Paul, he really specifies, and not only do they need to be a widow indeed, but they need to have a proper character, and, uh, and Paul specifies that. If you look down at verse 6, he says, however, uh, she who is self-indulgent is dead even when she lives. Command this also, uh, so they won't be blamed. But if anyone does not provide for his own, that is his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So Paul is just saying, hey, those widows that have family, the family needs to care for them. And if they don't have family, then the church needs to care for them. Verse 9, he gives some details, saying, No widow should be placed on the official support list unless she is at least 60 years old, has been the wife of one husband, and is well known for good works. That is, that if she has brought up children and shown hospitality and washed the saints' feet and helped the afflicted and devoted herself to every good work. So Paul is saying these widows need to be put on the list. They need to be cared for. Uh, if they're a widow indeed, if they're at least 60 years old or older, and if they have a reputation of faithfulness, good works, serving the Lord. But then he goes on in verse 11. He says, But refuse to enroll the younger widows, for they are drawn away from Christ by desire when they want to marry and will therefore receive condemnation because they have renounced their original pledge. And so verse 11 and 12, it sounds kind of harsh. And Paul says, don't put younger widows on the list. He's going to explain why later on. And the intention is that they're still young. They're still of childbearing years. They can still serve the Lord by having a family. And so we want to encourage them to do that. If we just provide for them uh, and they're able-bodied and they're at the age where they could still have families, really it does them a disservice and it kind of enables them 
to be uh, a busybody, to uh, kind of uh, squander her time. And so Paul says, hey, we want the, the younger ladies to, to marry, have a family, serve the Lord in the way that God intended for them to serve him. And so Paul, he talks about that and saying, you know, don't put them on the list. We need to make sure that uh, they can fulfill their role that the Lord has called them to. So if you look down at verse 14, he says, Therefore, I want the younger women to marry, have children, and manage their households, and to give the adversary no opportunity to accuse us. For some have already turned away to follow Satan. If any believing woman has widows in her own family, then she should help them, and the church should not be burdened so that it can help those who are genuinely widows. And so this whole section, Paul is saying, the church needs to care for those that are truly in need. And if they don't have a family, then the church is going to care for them. If they do have a family, let the family care for them and so that the church can really prioritize and minister to those that don't have any family. So Paul deals with this very practical issue. We think about it in the ancient world, the life expectancy was a lot shorter than it is today. And so uh, deaths within the church and uh, people being uh, widowed uh, were very frequent, very common. I think back uh, two years ago when Nicole first got sick, if we lived 100 years ago, I would be a widower right now because Nicole went uh, from just having what we thought was morning sickness uh, very early on in her pregnancy to being very, very sick to the point where the doctor said she needs emergency surgery right now. And if that would have happened 100 years ago, um, they wouldn't have been able to do surgery, and I'd be a, a widower. And so in the ancient world, the, it was very common for people to lose a spouse, uh, even at a, a very young age, in their 20s and 30s and 40s. And so Paul deals with this issue that uh, the best recourse is for them to, to marry in the Lord, to have a family, and to care for their own needs, and for the family to care for those needs. So Paul deals with that, and then he switches over to how the church or from how the church should care for widows to how the church should care for elders. And if you look down at verse 17, he says, The elders who are good leaders should be considered worthy of an ample honorarium, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. And so Paul says uh, the church not only needs to care for the widows and provide for their needs, but the church needs to provide for the needs of the elders, those that work hard at preaching and teaching. Now, in the New Testament, you have uh, the term elder pastor and overseer, they're all used interchangeably. They describe the same office, the same role. This is a teaching leadership role within the church. So the, the word elder is uh, presbyteros. Uh, the word for pastor is poimen. It means to be a shepherd. And the word for overseer is episkopos. All of those words are used interchangeably, but they describe the teaching leaders within the church. And he says, those that work hard at teaching and preaching should be considered worthy of an ample honorarium. The, the, the church needs to provide for their needs so they could devote themselves to the work of the Lord. Just like the priests in the Old Testament, they, uh, they were supported through the, t the temple sacrifices and through the offerings of the people. And so uh, those that work hard at preaching and teaching the elders should receive an ample honorarium so that they can devote themselves to the work of the ministry. 
He goes on, he quotes a couple of passages saying, don't muzzle the ox while he treads out the grain, and the the worker is worthy of his wages. And so he gives these instructions of how the church is to provide financially for the elders. And then in verse 19, he just deals with some other issues regarding the elders, saying don't accept an accusation against the elders unless supported by two or three witnesses. For those that are guilty of sin, he says to rebuke publicly uh, so that the rest will be afraid. And so if an elder, pastor, overseer sins, then they ought to be rebuked. They ought to be rebuked publicly so others can learn from it. It gives them an opportunity to uh, repent and to confess that sin. And so Paul, he says, do these things and don't show any favoritism. Okay, don't don't show any discrimination that it's like, oh, here's a guy that, you know, he's been an elder with us for a long time or he's really served the Lord. And so we'll just kind of let it slide. He says, no, it's like you need to treat everyone fairly and so that everyone could hear, everyone could be edified by that and everyone could, could fear and, and know that sin is serious and it needs to be dealt with. And so don't show any favoritism. He goes on, he says, keep yourself pure uh, and uh, don't be quick to appoint anyone as an elder. Don't share in their sins, saying, hey, to bring on someone as an elder, you need to take your time. Don't uh, just quickly appoint them because you're responsible for uh, the leadership within the church, shepherding the church, being an example to the church. And then Paul wraps up just with some final concluding remarks to Timothy. Uh, Timothy evidently suffered from some health problems. Paul says in verse 23, Don't continue drinking water only, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and for your frequent illnesses. So Paul Paul says, hey, you know, take care of yourself. That if you're sick, you need to take care of yourself. Don't drink the water only, but drink the wine. The wine was something that they used for medical purposes in the ancient world. They didn't have a whole lot, but they used what they could. And so Paul says, hey, drink some wine for the sake of your stomach. He goes on, verse 24, saying, Some people's sins are obvious going before them to judgment, but the sins of others surface later. Likewise, good works are obvious. And those that are not obvious cannot remain hidden. And so Paul, he addresses these two important groups within the church, uh, how the church should care for widows and how the church should care for the elders and just deal with those situations that are unique to both of those groups. So I hope you were encouraged and uh, built up. And make sure you take the time to read uh, 1 Timothy 5 in your own Bible. And until next time, we'll see you then. Bye-bye.